We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we are looking at the Series 10 Doctor Who episode, The Eaters of Light by Rona Monroe. The chip lady thinks she knows more about the Roman Ninth Legion than the Time Lord. She thinks they ran away, and the doctor knows they were slaughtered in battle. They go to Scotland to find out. They discover that the Picts, or what's left of them, have been guarding an interdimensional gateway, keeping out the Eaters of Light. But in order to defeat the Romans, they let one out, and it killed almost all of them. Bill gets separated from the Doctor and Nardole and encounters the remnants of the Night Legion and the monster, while the Doctor and Nardole meet the Picts. Both sides must grow up if they are to defeat the monster and to save the world. Oh, all right. Heaters of Light. What did you think? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. All right. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that, too. Um, I kind of have some issues with this, but at the same time, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's nothing to stand up and say, this, now this is what Doctor Who is all about. But at the same time, it wasn't it, bad. It wasn't. It, it, I mean, it was an improvement from what we've you know, had a couple of weeks ago. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, i tell you what it does prove. It proves that with 28 years practice, a writer can improve. That is true. Because what she, uh, what Rona had written previously was just dreadfully bad. And you know, the funny thing is, I, I agree it was dreadfully bad, but I think it was possibly the best of the final season. It could be. Of Doctor Who, but at the same time, it wasn't good by any stretch of the Well, to be the, to be the best of that season of Doctor Who does not require a lot of work. No. No, no, it didn't. So anyway, Rhoda Monroe, for those who don't know, uh, is the only writer so far to have ever written on Classic Who and New Who. This is a big, a big thing. We've had a, we've had at least one director who's worked on, uh, maybe, maybe two. But this is the first time they've they've brought in a writer from. I, I wonder why her. I mean, is it is it as they're trying to cast their net to have more female writers, which I know that they've struggled to do, uh, or is it she's part of the Stephen Moffat clique? Or I don't know. I I haven't read I, anything about why her story was selected. Yeah, I have. I haven't either. And I don't. I don't think they work that way anymore. I mean, I think that they go out and actively track down writers and solicit them to write stories for the series. So um, I, I think we can I think we can probably say that she was she was singled out and hey, you know, there may be hundreds and hundreds of writers that they single out and try to get to come in and write uh, for Doctor Who and a few will, but uh, anyway. So um, we have this underlying theme throughout this episode of the Roman soldiers who survived to the children and the picks who have survived 
are the children. And I feel like they were going somewhere more than where they did, but other than the doctor telling them to grow up. And, you know, is that the doctor as a gray-haired old man telling them to grow up, or is that the doctor as I'm two bazillion years old and everyone's a child, kind of? You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's a point where he says, you know, most everyone sounds like children or something to that effect. You're, I'm, I'm asking myself, is that just because everyone in the universe is younger than he is? It's a good question. Um, I don't have an answer. Because it, it didn't, you know, it didn't really sort of lead to a um, revelation about the doctor. Um, other than just, he was, you know, telling them, the kids, to grow up. And, yeah, it, it just didn't quite... Ain't quite gel for me. I mean, it was fine, but hmm. um, what did you think of the doctor's characterization? Uh, the only thing that stood out for me was his willing to sacrifice himself at the end of the episode. Hmm. Everything else felt normal to me. Did it? Yeah, I felt like he was being a bigger uh, safe for podcast word jerk jerk in this i felt he was back to into the dalek level jerk i mean he was he was Hmm. relatively nasty to everybody throughout the course of this episode and whereas i don't have a problem with that he hasn't been like that right he was he was like that in the first season and they took him too much and then in the second season they kind of made him i'd almost say clowny you know that sort of Hmm. inconsistent hopping and then they've had him very, very nice and consistent this year, and then suddenly he just was off the deep end uh, huh. a little bit more. Than I, I did, I didn't get that. Yeah, there were there maybe, were a couple places. Maybe it's because I was focused more on Bill. Okay, um, how was uh, then? Then let, let's talk about Bill. What uh, what was uh, what were your thoughts on her in this episode? How she's just so matured. She's she's more. I get the sense that she's more than just a companion now, or or, or uh, she she has grown beyond the 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 student you know the teacher student relationship that 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 we've had at the beginning of this of this of this season. She there, there's one moment that really stuck out for me, uh, and that is when they are all in that hut, mm-hmm. and she gets both sides to communicate now that they understand each other and she she understands that they understand each other and she's pushing them to communicate and this this was like something that was just so unbelievably mature and made her even that much more likable yeah she did she did a very good job there and uh, and so then my question is when the doctor said um or when somebody said, I think Bill said to the doctor, we all sound like children to you. And he said, mostly. And Nardole goes, oh, thank you. And he, he wasn't meaning her. And, I mean, he, he wasn't meaning Nardole. He was meaning her. He meant Bill. Yeah. yeah clearly, he think. meant Bill. Yeah, in fact, I, I, turned, in fact, I turned to Keith at one point and said, you, you know he's talking about her. And yeah, it, it was pretty obvious. Well, I mean, that is one thing I think we could turn back to if there was anything in survival. Um, I think it was a relatively good performance um, for Ace in it. Oh, gosh, I haven't seen it in so long, I don't remember. 
Yeah, I mean, there was there was a bit of the uh, come back to Perryvale and well, what was the kids doing and all that. But uh, uh, you know, it was about temptation and it was about her being, um, you know, brought over to the cat people. But in the end, she had to, she kind of had to solve the problems in the in the episode, and um, that kind of, I was kind of reminded of that in this episode. Um, you know, in a better, in Bill has done it in a better way. Um, I think, I think the character of Bill is a much, um, let's, let's say better realized, um, for the sake of argument. Uh-huh. I thought she had already kind of cottoned on to the fact that the TARDIS was translating. Yeah. I was a little surprised that she hadn't figured that out. Um, cause she definitely mentioned when they were in space about, they were speaking English or something to that. One of, one of the places, whether it was the planet and smile or it was the space station, or she she definitely mentioned something about oh they speak they speak English in space, and it was kind of brushed over. But I mean, clearly it was in her mind that she was surprised that mm-hmm. they spoke English, and then here she puts the pieces together, um, which you know has there ever been a companion that's done that? No. Not like that, no, no. I mean, I I was very again. This uh, th- this season has, in my opinion, really been about Bill, and, and I know that uh, since the show came back, that RTD started and, and then Moffat continued this idea that the show was really about the companion. It's not about the Doctor, and for the longest time, I've kind of. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I did. I did chafe at that because I didn't think the companions were all that compelling. I mean, there were some that I liked a great deal, but I just didn't think that they were that that they had that kind of depth. And now we've got one, uh, and one who I initially thought, based on the little uh, blurb that we were given that introduced her, that I thought she was going to be a waste, and mm-hmm. has turned out to be probably the greatest asset that this show has had in years. And it's it's only done great things, I, I think, in terms of – I mean, I would think that the writers are having a really good time writing for her and, and for the Doctor and for the chemistry that the two of them have together. But it's really – it's seeing her and mm. watching her growth in all of this. Well, I'm, I'll put this out there then. Um, you know, a standard – let's go back to the 60s or 70s, an action-adventure show or something with a hero, basically – a saint or you know whatever type saint is in Simon Templar not a saint is in you know uh, those characters can't grow yeah the kind of they yeah demic yeah. to the to the uh, situation that they really cannot they cannot grow they cannot suffer they cannot come to some new position you can do that in a movie because the movie's got a beginning a middle and end and assuming that you aren't thinking about 18 sequels you know you can tell a complete and and it's Absolute story. The Doctor cannot really change. Which which is correct, unfortunately. Which leaves him out of being part of a growth story, right? He has to be... He has to be the you know, Doctor. Has, he has to be the Doctor just like the TARDIS has to be the TARDIS and the universe has to be the universe. He is a force in it. He is a factor in someone's growth. But, yes, from a writer's standpoint, I can absolutely see why... 
you know, the companion is more ephemeral than the doctor, therefore the companion can come in, the companion can grow, and here's the important part, we can dump the companion. Companions are not forever. That's true. Don't want to, you know, I'm not pushing Bill out the door now, that's not my intent, but, you know, they grow. And we never really saw a whole lot of that in the classic series. What we would see was very little growth in the character, and then suddenly... On their last day in the TARDIS, they would suddenly go like, I'm going to save the universe by creating a vaccine. Goodbye, Doctor. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to save this planet and live with the savages and or whatever it happens to be. Oh, yeah. Perry. Well, I was thinking Stephen in that case. I think he, he left the Doctor to run the planet of the savages. It's a lost episode. But, you know, they just, they just, they don't get a build up to it and they get... Then they get dropped out. And, of course, they never drop them, almost never drop them out. Perry is an example where they dropped them out in a very, very bad way. But, um, you know, even Romana, I've decided to save eSpace. Just suddenly, boom. And um, I I could see how particularly a modern writer would relish the companion story more than than the Doctor. And, you know, just like we have to concede the... 45 minute episode with the high speed pacing i think we have to concede that that's you know where we're going to see the drama for the most part is in the companion um sometimes it's failed miserably (coughs) clara Uh. (laughs) who was so malleable from one season to the next it didn't it didn't really matter but anyway yes bill has grown and do we ask ourselves the question because Bill is expected to be a one-season companion, does Moffat actually have a, a finish for her in mind? Uh, has he been building her to something? I mean, we've only got, we've I believe, only got one well, I story believe he left. Has. I believe he has been building her to something. I think that he actually... and I think uh, she's the new Doctor. Really? The Doctor's just going to regenerate right into Pearl Mackey. Hmm. And, uh, no, maybe. <laughs> uh, no. It's planned all along. Chibbers hired her a year and a half ago. And said, hey, so she's going to do No. Oh, please, no. I like Bill. I wouldn't mind if they kept Bill, but... But she needs to be Bill. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to see her in any any other kind of role. Uh, uh, unfortunately, though, she will reach a point where change may stop coming. I mean, now, the, the chemistry could still be fun, and the fact that we're, get, we're getting a regeneration fairly soon oh i'm sorry spoilers uh it could make for we had that we had that two weeks ago so we're we're done with that now no more regeneration for a while that was all a fake out capaldi's gonna be here for 10 more years oh oh that's right i'm sorry what was i saying uh but if there were hypothetically speaking then it, it could create a whole new dynamic I mean, it could be fun, you know, or it could really just stink. I mean, when Clara was paired up with Matt Smith, it was great. Even though I was very weird with the whole impossible girl thing, at least there was a lot of fun chemistry going on there. But when Clara paired up with Capaldi, it was just tedious. And, and part it was, of that was the Capaldi character, though. That well, the way he was being well, the way he yeah. was being written, yeah. And but and that's kind of my point. Uh, you know, if there were a new doctor to come down the road, uh, especially if it were soon, uh, while where we still had the potential to keep Bill, then 
we run the risk, especially if a new with with new doctors, it's very hard for them to, or very hard for the writers to kind of get their heads wrapped around all the dynamics of this of this character, as well as the actor. The actor's still trying to get his footing and try, or you know, if, if they should ever go female, which I I'm not going to go down that discussion. <laughs> um, it, it always takes time for the actor to get a sense of. Who is this person that they're now playing? Especially, and, and again, you know, marry that with the writers. Also, trying to understand what are the characters' strengths and weaknesses. What's the best way to write the Doctor? Uh, and because usually the first season tends to be not all the time, but sometimes it can be a little rough writing. Mm-hmm. And I think the Capaldi season that first year was tough. Yeah, yeah. Um... So if they if they were to regenerate the Doctor. It might take the time for them to find the uh, find who this new character is. You know, what kind of personality changes are we looking at? And that could really totally redefine the relationship between uh, the Doctor and Bill for the better or for the worse. It's it's hard to say. Okay, so I guess I guess rather than losing the train of thought, I'll, I'll take our detour now. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any uh, comments from Chibnall? No. Recently? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, there's one. There's one out there. I'm not going to call it a spoiler because it doesn't really give... Well, I did read something. I did read something, but it was um, quite some time ago where Mm. he said he already had an idea. Yeah. Okay. So here's what it sounds like this is. Uh, According to, and I'm not sure how old it is, but I just came across it the other day, that he, you know, he's been doing Broadchurch, which is that other style of BBC drama. Or it's not BBC, I guess it's ITV, but it's that other style of British, I should say, um, drama where, you know, episode one, somebody gets murdered. Episode X, whenever the end is, after having battled all the mysteries and fought the alcoholism and and the creepy townsfolk and and whatever it happens to be at the end of it they solve the crime the cathartic ending of the thing chibnall apparently pitched that for doctor who one story one season thinking that he'd negotiate that with them and they didn't even bat an eye said go ahead Hmm. now now Here's my question for you. Assuming it's true, and let's say it is, and we could talk about whether it's a good or bad thing, but but assuming it's true, we always talk about that first season of The Doctor, You just we just mentioned it, is a bit rocky because you don't know where he's going. If they've written, if Chris Chibnall writes the whole thing and knows where it's going from episode one to the end of the line, will we have that same kind of shakedown cruise for the actor? Because he's going to know exactly where he's going to grow into by the end of the episode, what he's got to overcome, what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, but that's... I don't care how good a showrunner you are, that's a serious gamble to take, especially... um, Okay, let's assume that there is a regeneration. Uh, He's still working with an unknown quantity, and that is, would this actor actually work? I mean, you could, like, audition somebody and think, okay, yeah, I think this person's going to really work with this character, you know, these sets of characteristics that I'm developing. But when you actually lens it 
and start putting it on the screen and watching, you think, oh, mm. that's good, but that's not. That, I like this know, one part, but I hate this other part. You know, so, and now you have to adjust. I, I see that as, you know, if, if you hire a really quality actor, they're going to give you the performance you ask for. So, you know, we can hope for... I think Capaldi could do anything that he was asked for, honestly. But would it, would, would it be good? That's the well, problem. I mean... I don't, I don't think that you can go in there and say that, you know, in Broadchurch, uh, they were running it through halfway through the series going, yeah, I'm not quite thinking the way David Tennant's doing this line. I think we're going to have to change this. I'm, I'm thinking that's probably pretty locked down. So, mm, I, you know... I don't agree, but... In mind, I don't know whether he's going to accomplish it, but... I um, don't entirely agree with that. Um, I think you have to have a shakedown period because even if you're keeping the actor, just because you hear it in your head and say, I really think the actor could just deliver with these kinds of lines, that's not a 100% lock. It really isn't. Yeah, it's not 100. Could be 95, though. It may not. It may only be 50. Yeah. I mean, it you might. just could be don't. You could just fire the guy, but I mean, you could. I mean, my, the point is, is that, and you're you're actually you're, you're you're validating my point. You don't know what you're dealing with until you actually start to do it. <clears throat> well, true so, with everything, but you know, I mean, that's I got how it's supposed to work. Well, you, you are supposed to plan it out and actually have it, and and I think Doctor Who suffers a bit for that because. Different voices, different directors, different, different. I mean, we, we see that. I mean, the doctor is, well, may, maybe you didn't see it, but he's quite a bit more of the jerk this week than he was last week. And, uh, you know, the, it's not just the shakedown period. This is, this is. That's the way he was written. Vision. Yeah. This is vision from one to the next. And the, the showrunner model here where you're, you're keeping them in line is not keeping them 100% consistent. So, I mean, there's all sorts of things. I'm sure, you know, we can we can speculate all day long, but in theory, you hire an actor to do the job, and if you know what you want on screen, maybe it doesn't work. But I don't know that you change it in midstream unless, you know, with a 22-episode TV series, sure, where you're doing episodic. But when you've got a 12, when you've got a 12-part story, it's kind of hard to start winging it 10 in. Um, eh, you know, there are other interesting ideas about having that be a 12 part. If it's 12, if it's even 12 episodes, who knows? Maybe it won't be 12 episodes. Maybe it'd only be a six episode series. Right. Um, which then would we complain? I mean, we've had lots of six episode stories in Doctor Who history. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm intrigued as long as it's not, as long as it's not a Dalek story. <laughs> think of the money you could save i mean if you were telling one story and i don't know you know who knows what kind of one story we're talking about are you talking about one story like marco polo where you know they're stuck and they're traveling or are you talking about one story like the key to time i don't know I, I, you know that's that's um up in the air but you could do some amazingly big improvements in Doctor Who's budget if you could minimize like let's say they're talking about a story that predominantly deals with humans and ice warriors you know you mm. don't have to deal with oh, well we've got to make ice warrior costumes and we got to make Dalek costumes and we got to get the Cybermen out there and we got to do this and we you know um, 
I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of intrigued <clears throat> by the idea of it. Well, I'm, I'm open to what he's going to do. Obviously, I have a certain curiosity to it, especially since he's coming in new. Um, he's supposed to be a fan, I understand. Oh, yeah. yeah um, I, although I also read that they really had to talk him into it. Well, I, I could see how Doctor Who might be a poison chalice. Um, you know, he's, he's doing his own thing. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how I would do uh, think about that if I were uh, a, a writer. Do I continue doing my own thing where I have complete control, where I have, you know, basically my world, my characters, my everything, and if you don't like it, don't watch it, or do you go over and do Doctor Who, which I love dearly, and have to conform it, have to deal with the fans, even if you say you're not going to deal with the fans. Um, you know, this is 18 bazillion people second-guessing, and quite a few constrictions on what you can do from a drama standpoint. And again, it's down to, you know, what kind of a writer is he? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe God. that's why they have so much trouble finding writers to write for Doctor Who. You know, they're not busting the door down to get in there, that they're that they act actively go out and solicit people who can who can write a story to fit in the the confines of it i i you know probably someday i should read russell t davies book (laughs) on the whole thing and you know someday read stephen moffat's book on the whole thing and uh and and try to put the pieces together but anyway detour there uh mainly because uh, i have a feeling it's gonna be a short podcast otherwise if we didn't uh, detour into looking towards the future a little bit even though we know there's no regeneration coming up no 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 i'm um <clears throat> they pulled that whole psych right out of the thing now and uh, we're, we're we're good anyway um all right first off the crows what was that about <sighs> i saw your posts on facebook well i'm not not even that i mean let's just ignore that potential line of thinking for a second what was that about? I mean, what kind of stupid idiocy is it that the crows are flying around going, Doctor! Monster! Oh, now they just don't talk anymore because they're saying the girl's name. I, I get that that's like a mythology thing. You know, the creature that can, the Aesop's fable, and now all it can do is say the one word. And I mean, that is a fairly common theme throughout mythology. But did that have a place here? Well, it, it, just, it, it just didn't. It it felt no different than some of the other nonsense that we've had, especially during the Matt Smith era, where the Doctor could talk to a horse or could understand. You know, he, he could talk to Stormageddon. Yes. Um, are you implying that that he was able to talk to the crows of the Nardole because of the TARDIS in this? No, because no, I'm there, not. there seemed to be this sort of like now suddenly all crows say car because of this Celtic legend goddess or whatever she's now is after she's ascended into the, the guardianship. I, I just it didn't go anywhere. It was I don't think it was I, supposed to go anywhere. I think it was just supposed to be there. It didn't bother me in the slightest bit. I thought it was just another wrinkle to the show. I have to admit, I, I do kind of like my wrinkles to seem to be relevant or germane in some way, but 
And it, other than that, it's like, okay, yes. So what, what you were alluding to earlier was my Facebook post was that, that it just happened to occur to me after I was writing down, complaining about that in my, in my mind about the, the crow, that crows, as one of our listener, uh, listeners pointed out, I knew this, but I was simplifying it, that, that crows are corvids and ravens are corvids and magpies are corvids and jackdaws are corvids. And if it had just been this crow or these crows, and, you know, so we saw magpies electronics two episodes ago because we see magpies all the time not not really a not really a shocker there mm-hmm. that, that's their go-to thing but you know they did have a scene with it and it was prominently mentioned again it was it was last week's character of jackdaw that really just like i thought it was a bizarre name at the time um but in light of it now moving on in yet another corvid theme shall we say uh reference in three episodes and I started thinking about it. and I'm 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 not going to go back and watch them but I'm wondering if there's more please please no Clara please no Clara no no but you know if there is a regeneration you know he's going to you know he's got to be there at the end I knew that's where you were going when you when I saw the when you finished off your post with a no 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 I thought oh he's obviously yeah yeah you were you were looking at the whole Clara connection um, you know, I didn't think of it at the time, but in in retrospect, I hate to say it, but we know that she's still out there operating on borrowed time. And we know that if there's a regeneration, that it's not all a big psych out, um, you know they're going to bring her back. I mean, they've always done that. They bring them all back. Always. Yeah, there's something really self-congratulatory about it, isn't there? Uh, yours was the first face I saw with this face. Back. I, I just, I, I, I have big problems with it because to me it just feels more like the showrunner, whether it's Moffat or, or RTD. I mean, they're both guilty of it. It, it just feels more mm-hmm. like they're just patting themselves on the back. Look how clever I am. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be fair, it was kind of, kind of a staple of the the old series for since Tom Baker's regeneration to Peter Davison where he would at least see all the faces of his companions but that was not quite not quite the it's no, nowhere near as bad or as uh, I can't even think of the word I'm going for with the David Tennant's victory lap where he runs around and <clears throat> saves all of his companions one last time before going off to his reward that was anyway uh so just you know keep your eye out for more corvids i will definitely i will definitely be doing that and if anybody has been doing a corvid watch and knows of any from the oxygen or smile or any of the earlier episodes before the monks um write in doesn't even have to be in a postcard you can just shoot in an email anyway um Okay, so the solution to this problem was... All right, no, let me get this straight. Every X number of years, was it 60, did they say? Ooh. Yeah, they did give a number, but I, I, don't, I do not remember it. And then somebody goes in and fights the creature. Was it, 
Was it your impression that had things gone normally, Carr would have gone in, she retrieves the tools, the TV antenna and the, the, the ping pong paddle, from the dead previous? Is that the idea? I, was, I, I, I didn't quite get what the heck was going on there um, with regards to this whole thing. They, a new generation takes up the fight and she's the guardian. Was she supposed to be gone and gone forever? Or was she just supposed to go there every morning while it's got sunlight and fight it off and then you know go about her? Go about I her was business. under the impression that it was every morning that she had to do that. Kind of. But that's what I, I was. That's she what I said. Got. I had to go get the the old gatekeeper's weapons. I thought and it was I, just simply the the refractor you know, that 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 ping pong paddle. Right, but when the doctor stepped in, I think there was some of them down there on the ground. Under his feet, I wasn't. Too. I didn't. So was she? So was she getting? You know, portal open, so we better crawl in there and grab the. I, 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 it was confusing, and it didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. It also didn't make a whole lot of sense that if the doctor went in and he was only in there for, let's just make it easy and say two seconds, and that's two days. So two seconds in there equals two days in the real world. So his solution is: well, humans don't live long enough, so I'm going to go in there. For my entire long, long, that long part, life. Yeah, I found that puzzling. And basically, that's a suicide walk. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that too, and I didn't care for that. Which, you know, fine. Club him on the head and, and take it and, and send them in. Um, but, of course, his point was humans don't live long enough. Well, all right. So if it's two seconds equals two days, if they go in there and they live... 50 more years, let's make up a number. Uh, I don't know how many seconds there are in 50 years. We could do the math. That would be how many days they can fight that creature off. Of course, I assume they'd starve and die before then. But, you know, it just, it it, it didn't make any sense. It, it seemed like I need to do it because this will age you, but it's exactly the opposite. So, I again, eh, one of those things about the story that, made me because then they just basically forgot it and left Hmm. so so okay how about this plan uh we send a human in they fight for a few minutes the door opens the next time around and uh oh don't even get me going about that daylight oh yeah i i I wait a minute that part that part bothered me too how could it be two days before the gate opened again if if it only opens at a certain time of the year, because they've they've positioned the doorway. I know. It would have opened once interview. It couldn't be two days. It could be one day at the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because of... There's another right. one. Yeah, that, that's the part that I immediately jumped on when I watched it and thought, well, this, this, is, this is terrible writing. Because I was definitely believing that this was something that was happening every day. But it can't happen every day for... For really, you know, all, all you have to do is just look at Stonehenge, for example, and well, clearly see, you know, the, the rotation of the Earth, as well as its uh, revolution around the Sun. The ch- the alignment's always going to change. Well, that's exactly what these things are. I mean, that's that's exactly what these picked uh, domes do. Right. They have a window in them that opens on something that casts light on a particular spot for a short window of days if only something you know depending on how big the hole is uh to 
and how how deep it is to um you know maybe even just one day a, a year so it's a, you know called an astronomical observatory is what's usually referred to uh by the people trying to make them sound uh more outer space alien than they are but you know so yeah once a year every year absolutely for a few days for one day mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be but it's not going to do one day skip a day and then come back another day no that cannot happen um actually an interesting one in case you ever get the chance to do this uh i think we missed it by a day when we were in mexico a couple of years ago we were down in the yucatan peninsula and the the great pyramid at chichen itzen mm-hmm. on the um oh you know one of them the solstice of our equinox one I, I can't remember which one it was i think it was the one in one that comes in march apparently the shape of the steps to the side and the the staircase on that day the shadows form a serpent running up and down the side of the pyramid oh far out with a head down at the bottom and then the body is formed in the shadow and uh you know tens of thousands of people show up on that day to see it because it's the only day you can see that um once a year and uh I think we were there. We were there the day before. <laughs> Didn't know about it. Read mm. about it when we were there. And we're like, "Oh, that's that's tomorrow." Well, unfortunately, we can't come back tomorrow because this was our trip to Chichen Itza. So, um, but yeah. So I mean, that, that's not an uncommon thing. It's it's a cool thing that that I don't even want to call them primitive cultures, but but ancient cultures uh, did. And the Picts were, you know, we we definitely have mounds like that 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 are exactly that way. So doesn't fit with his story, but I know where they got the idea from. Right. Um, and then, okay, so you send one person in. Um, it's going to be at least a year before it opens. Again, let's say it's the last day of the sunlight for however long. It's going to be at least a year. Um, during that time, the doctor could come up with a more permanent solution and solve it. Well, I mean, without the pressure of the creature coming through and killing people all the time. Well, also, you know, there's that whole time dilation thing because even if it were uh, only once a year, and I, I think, and to be honest, that would have made for a better story. I think uh, I would have been like that. I would have liked that a lot better. It would have made, I think, Nardole's integration into that Scottish little group uh, a bit more believable. Uh, but it, it it all comes down to how much time does the doctor perceive as passing? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's just like a couple of seconds to one year, uh, I mean, so when you say, you know, uh, give the doctor a chance to you know, come up with a more permanent plan, are you saying while he's inside that, that, oh, while he's out? Oh, while he's out. Oh yeah. I'm sure he could have come up with a better idea then. I mean, they just, yeah, there's a, there's a whole year, you know, there's, th- there's 364 days to come up with a more permanent plan. True. Right. I, I mean, instead of, instead of solving it, He's, you know, saying it's not going to last because they don't live long enough. He's got to come back and fix it, right? Mm. I mean, but he doesn't. He just leaves. Eh, all right. Off to, uh, off to go visit with Missy, which I guess is our, probably our last, um, our last stop on this episode. Um, so, Missy. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think. <laughs> Hazard a guess, real or fake? Her, her remorse, her, her tears, her... I think is it's. I, a, yeah, I, I honestly do not know. 
I have I have no guess. Um, it the whole thing just seems so out of character. But then again, this is a this this is a female version of the master, uh, and we know that at least with the doctor, there's there are any anywhere from minor to major personality changes. We could be we could be seeing that here with Missy now. And maybe the event of being locked up into a vault. For, I mean, we have no idea how long she'd been in that vault. I think it's close to the thousand-year mark <clears throat> by the time we catch up to the Doctor in present-day London. Yeah, who knows? I mean, and that that really is a that really is an uh, an, an unknown mm-hmm. because I think didn't we didn't we come up to something about the Doctor's been at the university for eighty years? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well. Does that mean he arrived 80 years ago with the vault? Probably. I don't know. In which case, then she's probably not at the end of her thousand years. She's probably at the beginning of it. It may I be. Know. I mean, we don't know. There's there's just no way to know how long uh, she, she has been inside that that prison. So this, if, if, she, if she has been there for that long, maybe she really is experiencing some level of remorse. Then again... Uh, maybe this was just one incredibly long game that she's been playing, and that's where John Sims' character comes in. Could be. It could be. I I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that they acknowledge the fact that the Doctor suspects that this is a plot, a cunning plan, is realistic. I mean, he's got uh, centuries, if not thousands of years, of battling the Master and knowing how evil the master really is um but at the same time you can clearly see that he desperately desperately wants his friend back and is it because the master is his longtime friend or is it because the master is sort of still the last of his kind oh boy and is there something to the fact that the master is a female of his kind i you know the hand holding was a little that wouldn't have been John Sims' master, I don't think. You know, I don't think they would have held hands like that. Probably not. Um, I I don't know, really. I I don't have an answer for that. I, <clears throat> yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I I think they could have given us a huge clue, and they didn't. In that, the doctor walks away after, you know, basically saying, "I have hope." I clearly don't trust you anymore. I don't trust you yet. And he walks away, and Missy still seems to shed another tear, you know, before we go to the next time credit. Mm-hmm. So the doctor wasn't there to see that. Um, doesn't, again, the way they've shot some stuff this year, you know, that could just be, well, I'm still leaking one of my fake tears. Okay, fine, whatever. But I, I, I almost sort of think it might be kind of real. I think that might be where this is going, and I, I kind of wonder if she will be turned away from the path of the light by the by John by her Sims. Older self. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's the other, and that's the like I said that. Well, I'm not 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 like I said, but that is the other thought that has crossed my mind that this you know it, it could be it could be real, and then somehow she has a dalliance with her previous self and he prevents her from going down the path of redemption. See how much fun we can have? <laughs> yeah. Well, he reminds her of how much fun they were uh, that they have. Yeah. All right, I don't have anything else. I've got nothing else. All right. Then I guess that's um 
that's where we'll leave it for the Eaters of Light. Um, next week, um, I will be out of town, so I don't get to watch the episode. And uh, I'll be out of town when the next one airs, too. Oh, my. So, yeah. <clears throat> Although I'll be coming back a few hours after it airs. So I will I will see both on the Saturday when the second part airs. But we will not be doing a Doctor Who podcast for the next for the next episode. I will do them together as a two-part story. It's clearly as it a should two-part be. story. Yeah. So I guess that's good. Um, good for you. Bad for me. <laughs> I really want to see that one. Of all the episodes this entire year, mm-hmm. Empress of Mars and the Mondasian Cybermen were, and of course the John Sim Master, were the episodes I wanted to see. Everything else was like, yeah, all right, fine. Um, many I enjoyed, but you know, those are the ones that I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I feel bad. I feel bad wanting to rush into the Mondasian Cybermon one because, of course, it's the end, even if the moment has been prepared for. Are you hinting at something? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. I, I didn't think so. I just wanted to be sure. <clears throat> no. No, 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 no. And if I were, I'm sure there would be a crow that would come along and say it instead. No, no, um, no. Yeah. All right, Ben, thank you for joining me. A pleasure. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Nevermore. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol, or just send us an email at feedback at FusionPatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf.